This is Always Remember The Mod State Podcast And now, your hosts Always Remember Others may hate you Hit record, talk about the Walking Dead and the Catholic Church Goodness the gracious in England. I mean, we went, For we went, God's sake Yeah, we went from um, We went from We went from the Walking Dead To Uh Christian symbolism to my agnosticism and how I'd make a great Catholic. We were all over the place. I like that. That was a, uh... my message was one of love. Well, absolutely. There's been uh yeah, love yeah. and compassion. And uh... I meant for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's my... none for me in a certain party. My, my religiosity is uh, if listeners haven't picked up on it, um, it it is it is fairly non-existent, but either way, that's what makes this entire show compelling. Um, so not, you not my, one not way my, or the other. Not my uh, religiosity. That's not what makes it interesting, but rather the the very two different profiles that are present in this. Uh, well, precisely. Continue discussions. Here, here you are, the White Knight, the absolute White Knight. And and stuck with this, you know, the, this this gray matter Catholic. This just kind of eh, easy eh, might be all right. That's that's the nuance. Well, nuances aside, I think we need to uh, uh, acknowledge uh, our our listeners out there, um, whether it be on foreign shores or here domestically. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you certainly are, are what drive us back uh, week after week. And as always, head over to modstate.com for more op-ed opinion type pieces. You can find all the links to the podcast there. Please leave uh, comments where you can. Uh, Podomatic is our hosting site. Uh, you can go to podomatic.com forward slash modstate. That's M-O-D-S-T-A-T-E. You can join the little community there that's been posting back and forth. Thank you to our uh, new Saudi Arabian follower on uh, Automatic. I happen to, did you notice that? I did. Like, awesome. Yeah, from the from the kingdom there. I, that's cool. I mean, yeah. Um, if you uh, leave some comments, any sort of uh, opinion at all, we leave it. We'll try to uh, shout it out on the podcast episode. Um, they love I, you, huh? They love you. I'm easy to love, bro. I mean, I see that it's a it's a profile I've, I've been cultivating. So, I mean, uh, look, it was what you know, September 2011, ten years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. August somewhere in there. Yeah, but those uh those overnight, ago, I mean, you know, those overnight uh, break break room chats. God, throw in a large uh, lipper and and get the quick eight minute buzz and back to the. I mean, and back to we, it, but I mean, God, are we incriminating ourselves? But I don't know. No, not really. I mean, they knew we were doing it. We go have a, a a pinch of tobacco in the mouth and sit for ten, twelve minutes tops, and I mean, talk politics with the same anxiety, I, I suppose, as we do now. But Indeed. it just maybe maybe back in the day there was more um, like wonder and yeah, hope. less anxiety than now. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. Yeah, I think at the time it was more of a theoretical, hey, what if, what do you yeah. think down the road of things could maybe possibly 
go to all holy hell. Whereas now it's more like, man, when things actually go to all holy hell, here's our meetup point. Yeah, unfortunately. Or do I exaggerate? No, not really. Well, I think we have a, a pretty good show tonight. Um, at least a couple things we can walk through. And we'll get to the main segment, and God knows where that's going to take us, no pun intended. But I don't know what that is. Oh, that's what is going to make it so great. You didn't um, tell me. Well, it's a surprise. So, um, unfortunately, which is not as funny, uh, we can start with a, an educational segment. And I think, um, I don't even if it's really educational as much as it is just more of a current event that I think is worth noting uh, on the geopolitical stage there uh, right now in the Middle East. It seems that the um, Israel and Palestine, or at least Gaza at this point, are sort of at the brink, and there's a potential for a, a ground invasion into Gaza, which would be, I think it's something that Israel does not want, and uh, quite frankly, I don't think uh, the Palestinians are either. Uh, but there's right. just been this escalating tension. Um, obviously, there's, it, it shouldn't be a mystery to a lot of our listeners that Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister in Israel right now, is working through some corruption charges along with trying to form a government. And so it's not surprising that this there wasn't a huge effort to sort of quell this rising tension. And then besides just the fact that that's going on, that it, who, who it, didn't who didn't quell that? Uh, what what do you mean? There, there wasn't an effort to quell this rising tension, so... Well, I just think there was probably a less than... Uh, certainly, it, I don't think that there was a, a lot of addressing of sort of de-escalation tactics, but regardless of whether or not it's not really like a position that I'm willing to, uh, to die on um, die my sword on. That. But at the end of the day, there the are... conflict you are. What's that? The whole conflict you are. Yeah, you know, we haven't you really... You and I take very different sides on this. Uh, I mean, I just, I look at, you know, it's, it's one situation that I have not taken a huge position on. I think you I have. just try to, not really. I think, I, tr- I, think, I think I take less of a position and try to understand the entire situation more. I think it's, it's becoming more clear to me, but it's, I think that, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stakeholders in the area and there's a lot of tension that's in the area. And I think that there's obviously probably a better way to go about it. Um, certainly. Well, look, I, I didn't mean that snarky. What I mean is you and I both have staked out positions before. And so this is not at all like a, you know, eureka moment, uh, Jacques but you, you didn't say this, you quoted a colleague of yours who is, I believe, in Lebanon, mm-hmm. somewhere in the Middle East, who said there is no way, feasible, that is, outside of religion to make a case for the state of Israel. Or am I, am I misquoting that? Like over Palestine, I mean. Oh, you mean like the a... Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict. Am I misquoting her? I don't know. I'd have to... I'm, I, I don't want to say that you're mischaracterizing it or, you're, or correct. I think that there's well, certainly... I, I, I'm not trying to. Yeah. I certainly think that the, there, for, for many people in the world, I mean, a vast, a large number of the population do find a religious justification for the state of Israel. I don't think that's like a, a, a crazy 
proposition. Um, in fact, most Christians or a lot of Christians believe that that area is where Armageddon is going to effectively happen. So it's not. I do not. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to talk about no, biblical. No, I, I mean, I, I said this before. I find both, obviously, as a Catholic, I find as a Christian, I see significance. I mean, after all, I justify the First Crusade under Urban II. I find it entirely justifiable. Um, in terms of non-religion, for non-religious reasons, I obviously I've, I've cited before there were five, six, seven opportunities given to Arab states to come up with some semblance of an agreement, but it was always until enough asses got kicked via England, France, and Israel. Oh, well, we're not going to wipe Israel off the map. Guess we better live with them. That's how I, it kind of comes, mm -hmm. how I kind of grasp it. But anyway, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I guess, I guess the, what, what is bubbling to the surface of this entire thing are a lot of the sort of underlying civil liberty issues that are going on in that region. Not so, for example, to me, it is, I don't think that all Israelis believe that the way the situation is with the Palestinians is right. And I tend to agree with that sort of political, I don't cultural, think it's right. political, cultural, uh, alignment in Israel and throughout the world. And, and so it's harder for me or like, it doesn't, regardless of the fact that Israel is, a, is a country like it is, it happened. And the, the history is interesting. The, the entire process and how we are, where we've gotten to today is uh, it's, it's quite a story, but currently <laughs> there is a, quite a bit of uh, oppression of a group of people that live there. And I think that, is worth at least calling out and it should be called out. And I think is a uh, bubbling under the surface um, with these, these tensions and, and a lot of, and this is the first time this has happened in, in a number of years. So um, again, I am not an expert on it and I realize it's a touchy subject for a lot of people. You know, you know they're not experts on it. Oh, it's evolving. Well, I mean, seriously, I mean, if there were any experts on this, there've been, Exponential opportunities. I mean, hey, President Bill, hey, sugar cookie, Clinton himself couldn't pull that in the court. Yeah. So, I mean, this this transcends. <clears throat> it sort of transcends time. Yeah. I and would it, say that oppression is a strong term. Considering, I mean, relatively speaking, uh, nothing against the Palestinians, but considering the oppression that the uh, Hebrews, the, the state of Israel has been under from day one. That's, I know, not towards you, but it, that's kind of laughable. Yeah, but, but I mean, again, an eye for an eye, is that really the, the Christian no, teaching? I no, mean, that's what it's, it's not, not. That's, that's what it not sounds a Christian like, perspective. kind of sounds like a little eye for an eye, like we were oppressed, no. therefore it's okay to oppress less than we were oppressed. That's what I take away from that. No, I... And I'm, I apologize if that's what that sounds like. I, I suppose where I'm coming from is from the, you go back 73, 73 years ago? Roughly, uh, if it is. Somewhere in that territory. If I'm, if I'm off by a year or so, I apologize. But there was this idea, all right, look, there's Palestine. I mean, I still have a glow in storage somewhere in the Gulf South with, where it's actually marked Palestine. There, 
there is no state of Israel. That's how old the globe is. Mm -hmm. But back then, and this is not a rumor. I mean, it, I, I can send you this. We've talked about this. It was an offer. Hey, look, I, I don't remember if the West Bank, the Sinai Peninsula, the Gaza Strip, I, I don't know what all was included. East Jerusalem, the Dome of the Rock. I don't know. There's been so many deals. I, I, I'm tired of winning, if you get my drift. But there was this offer, hey, we will coexist. Palestinians have this. Israel has this. The Arab states didn't think so. They said, y'all step back. We're going to wipe Israel off the map, and then y'all can have it. But it didn't turn out that way. Now, I'm not saying that makes everything going on right. You're right. Okay, eye for an eye. That's, that's well, not it, a godly perspective. Yeah, but it's, it, real, it's real difficult for me to shed a bloody tear for the enemies of Israel at this point. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, I, 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 I think, think it's, it'd be ugly. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm just curious as to like what defines an enemy of Israel. I mean, it's certainly to me the the Palestinians living under not being Israel able to go to a nightclub. Occupation is. I don't know if that would call them enemies, but occupation or pushing pa the the Palestinians that are being pushed. The Palestinians that coexist and live in cities in Israel, like I, I don't, I just don't buy that they're the enemies of, of Israel or, or that's that's not quite what I said <laughs> okay it's not I didn't call the Palestinians the enemies of Israel my point is you're talking about a microcosm of the global population of people that were nearly driven to extinction from the earth who offered I mean, I'm, I'm serious this is in three maybe four but at least three UN accords that were signed, okay? But, oh, Israel's gonna abide by the agreement. Not them, not Yasser Arafat. I, I, I feel horrible for the humanitarian crisis, I do. An eye for an eye is not Christ-like. You are absolutely right. But for the state of Israel, I'm talking about survival. Absolutely. And, and they are not occupiers. They are not. Well, yeah. I mean, if you in my, in my view, anyway. Sure. And look, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not uh, disputing the fact that their and that uh, their ancestors that have lived in those areas for thousands of years. You're absolutely right. And I, and I guess I didn't mean for this necessarily to get into uh, the more of an opinion spirited debate. I'm not disagreeing with your perspective or is think it that it's wrong. It is, I think so. Is, I mean, I mean, because what difference does it make? Well, I think our I mean, at some point, I mean, people have, have got to take a, a, a side on something. And look, I don't hate the Palestinians. Never said that. Don't feel that way. I just, I think it's kind of interesting, for instance, that most people don't realize the French administrate the Wailing Wall. The Dome of the Rock. That's French sovereign territory. It's just, it's more complex than people. If you don't believe me, go, don't trust me. Get on Google, Bing. I prefer you, Bing. But search uh, Emmanuel Macron's meltdown of Israeli security. 
That's French territory. Well, I did not know that. Well, I didn't know it either until that day. Let me tell you. Just change your life. Well, um, anyway, and I, and I, I do forgive at least everyone listening and, and to you. Like, I really don't. I understand it's a complex, a complex situation. I understand a bit of the history. I understand a lot of it. But, yeah, I don't. I haven't spent a lot of time really studying it. And I think that's probably a place that I could certainly improve. Um, but well, that wasn't what I was quite driving. No, at, I know, but. but as a personal development piece. So, well, look, um, let's move on to uh, an even more, I guess, less, certainly less tragic, more comical is it? Uh, war posturing. And that is uh, the French and the British navies rushing to, what is it, the island of Jersey? Dear um, God. Over uh, fishing rights, which is quite interesting. This is a little byproduct of Brexit now, that there's going to be this sort of jockeying for position in, in uh, the English Channel, and I imagine other fishing um, areas around those those waters so i know you you feel me you're you're certainly a certainly a, a man of british and french war history where does this where does this fit in in exciting i mean well, exciting i guess i guess unless you live in uh northern or western europe it might not be you know it's certainly two significant countries of my my personal heritage but we were talking about this precast and I don't know exactly how I phrased it, but basically it was like, what is happening right now? So this is the worst escalation, not to go back here, but the worst escalation of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict since, I believe, what, 95 is for, in, in terms of casualties. People killed in a small span. And then England, the Royal Navy, and the French Navy are both sending gunboats over a fish. And I know it's very important to those fishermen. I don't mean to denigrate that occupation. That's not the point. But it's like, okay, with everything going on right now, y'all haven't fought a war since, correct me if I'm wrong, the Civil War, like the American Civil War, the 1860s, right? Napoleon III briefly had power in, in, in France. Is that the last time England and France fought? Mm. I mean, roughly? Oh, I am it's not sure. It's been over 200 years, <laughs> I was right? say, not, don't remember that in AP World History. Period. It's been over 200 years, right? Like, what are y'all doing right now? But the, the crises in Yemen is abominable, okay? Regardless of who's right or wrong or not, as usually happens in a proxy war, Israel and Palestine are do pulling in Israel and Palestine. And England and France are like, you know what? Tell you what. We have not done this. Guys, guys, we have not done this in two centuries. What do you say? Me, me, the channel. Hey, let's do it over fish, all right? There's sovereignty, and we must take military action. Come on. Why not? Say la vie. I mean, seriously. 
that is what is happening right now. And maybe it just strikes me. Maybe people are listening to this going, okay, what are you raving about? If I need to stress the significance of England and France going to war, then I understand you are not acquainted with the, 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 the breadth of that, how significant that is. But in Western society, I mean, for God's sake, what are y'all doing? Well, it certainly is just jockeying in this post-Brexit and probably go no further than that. Um, what if they did, though? Think about this. Because the, the, the French Navy is better equipped. They've got two aircraft carrier battle fleets, as opposed to England's, well, I don't know, carry the four. One. What if all of a sudden France was like, you know what? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to take, uh, we're going to take England. But is there, what, what would we do? Probably nothing. <laughs> uh, I don't I, know that that one's been tabletopped uh, yet as an exercise, but. Well, but what would we do? I have no idea. I have no idea. Buy popcorn. Who owes us less or more money? Probably what side we take. Ooh, I don't. I don't know. I would say England owes us more in terms if we if we wanted to calculate what they inflicted on this country in the first Revolutionary War and the War of eighteen twelve. France, I think, has some credits, right? Yeah, they do have like freedom credits, don't they? Well, let me think about it. Not only did they, you know, ensure that we survived declaring independence as a country, but without Napoleon Bonaparte. The first, I think it was the first three months, right? The War of 1812, the Brits burned down Washington, D.C. Imagine, imagine if they had not been fighting Napoleon Bonaparte. They might not have been so busy elsewhere. So I, I, I give, in spite of my ethnic bias, full disclosure, I do give the French a bit more of a pass. But... That's it's juicy. I know. Delicious. Stop it. You, you All st- right. Well, Wait, what are you wearing? What, you, what am I wearing? What a what a. You have very, beautiful thighs. What a very, very unprofessional question to ask in the middle of a podcast. Yes, what? my legs are up at my desk. You have. I'm getting you have, comfortable. You have these cerulean blue shorts on, and I, I had do. forgotten. We had since that last soccer game. You remember? Remember when we played Rockville? Yeah. I'd forgotten. Mm. What great legs I have. They are, they are nice. I appreciate that. That, Man. Is, that is also a bizarre statement on uh, the bizarre segment of this podcast. So I appreciate it. Two straight men, a Democrat and a Republican. You're sexy. Wow. Doing the Stewie. I like it. You do it better, but. Uh, no. Um, so <laughs> let's bring it. Let's bring it a bit. Uh, closer uh, to home so that because there's certainly some bizarre stuff that's happening um, at home yeah, I, I know I know what's coming and it um, just to lay it out I think there was a, a fairly significant event that happened uh, this week in the United States and that is a representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming um, and 
to her credit, at least, she is not, uh, she's getting a lot of attention in the at least mainstream media. However, Liz Cheney, she was third in leadership in the House, was ousted in a closed door uh, voice only vote by her, uh, uh, her peers. And ultimately had some choice words to say prior to her leaving and her ouster. ouster. Um, and then after the meeting, when she was officially uh, kicked out of her leadership position, had essentially vowed that to fight Trump in any sort of reelection campaign to make sure he never gets back in the Oval Office, that he is uh, essentially the biggest risk for democracy. Now, I feel like I've been pretty objective with all of that. Um, the. And that's the one word I would underscore there. What's that? The. The. The biggest threat to democracy. Yeah. So. Um, it's a big statement. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't uh, don't let me. Um, I, I, I'm just saying. Don't quote me on that. But essentially, he was. That's, that's sort of the takeaway. So. So here we are, and what is interesting about this is you've watched the Republican Party officially take what cl- what seems to be at least officially take the position in full support of former President Donald Trump, not only support but sort of taking cues now uh, that he is the head of the party and the leader of the party, and which is no shock, right? I mean. I guess the shocking part is that he lost the election. He is not the president, but they're still backing him. That, and I don't. I mean, I guess I'm not incredibly shocked by it. However, it was as we had talked before. It was a potential opportunity to distance themselves from this president. They chose not to do that, and which, which essentially, I think, is it an interesting. Um. It's an interesting risk, I suppose, and I and I I say that only because in the last number of podcast episodes we have discussed whether or not broader America truly is aligned in a way that they believe uh, the Republican leadership that the election was um, uh, was less than savory um, in some cases, perpetuating the fact that the election was fraudulent, um, which is called the big lie. And so here we are. So here we are. Who came up with that term? Anyway, I I don't know that there's much there for you to respond to. Who came up with that term? The big lie? I don't know. I was curious. I mean, you you quoted a lot, so I thought you might, you know. Anyway, anyway, so so this is sort of where we're at, and I think it is interesting. Is, it, is there a question there, or no, no, absolutely not. I just said I was just teeing everything up as to where we I'm are. Sorry, I'll be quiet. Um, just kind of settling in with the facts, and <laughs> yeah, the facts, the facts. Well, I mean, the facts are also, which I think is important to lay out currently at in this date in 2021. I, I'd like some facts laid out here. Sure. Not your opinion on the caucus. Not your opinion on Donald John Trump. Well, but- I mean, I, I, I would just posit that 
I did not give any opinions in the last three minutes of me talking. Um, yeah, the big lie so, might be one since there's no source for it. Well, oh, where you you want to know who? I've been the big asking lie? that, not just of you. I want to know, like, who came up with that? Who? Because there's some smarmy turd at at, at at Foggy Bottom or in Hollywood, one or the other. All right. Well, it's, money it's a pretty it. good. Who came up with that? I mean, it's a, it's fairly good characterization of the situation, John. It's not. I can think of bigger lies. So, so I can think of many bigger lies. All right, well, we can we can call those the bigger lies, John, when we find them. So, you're, in this case, you're, you're the facts. So, cute. so in in this case, the facts are. There has been absolutely no evidence, not that I haven't had to even look at the evidence or lack of evidence. There have just been judges all over the country who have said, nope, 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 to every case that was brought forth for fraud. I haven't disputed that. So I'm, but that's fine. I'm, there is no disputing here. I'm just laying the facts out. I'm not attacking you. I'm not, I'm not calling you anything. I'm just yes, laying, you are. I'm just laying the facts out. So there's Call been sexy. there has I mean it is it has been it was so widely touted and continues to be today that the election was stolen, and it, it's so false that Dominion voting machines or the company that makes the voting machines are suing a number of Trump officials for like one point two billion dollars each because they think or they have such a good case. One point two billion dollars, Nate. So they're also again. So, so there's, like, there's a strong enough case to be made. Um, not to mention there is a, and it's just stop, which is, which is probably for the best in terms of the, the major issue here is that there's voter election security issues, right? That there's a lack of confidence in the security. Well, meanwhile, in Arizona, there's a recount going on, or I think it's just ended by a group called the Cyber Ninjas who are hunting down conspiracy theories and trying to apply that to the ballots during recount. So they're bringing in, I think it's like ultraviolet light to look for water stamps and they're checking for bamboo in the paper. Yeah, bamboo. I was yeah. going to say. Um, so, and then they're going to shut down for a little while. There's going to be a prom there. Um, and then, you know, there, that'll a be a prom. Yeah. The center where they're doing the entire thing, there's a prom that's going to happen. So they've got to lock up all the ballots during the prom. So we're going to count the votes for Trump and then count the votes for your daughter. And whichever one you find less savory, we'll go with that. I guess. So um, and that, that's, that's very rude. And, and I think um, at this point, it actually finally has been shut down. There's a number of state senators there that had, had real issues with that, as, as everyone in Arizona should have huge issues with that. Um, well, I don't have an issue with the election. I have an issue with the prom. Well, you can take that up with the convention center or wherever they're recounting all those ballots. You know where it is? Maricopa County. That's actually not far. You know what? I'm going to do that. <laughs> we should send a trolling letter protesting. Like, listen here. This is behavior unbecoming young gentlemen and young ladies to have a promenade within the vicinity of an election that was stolen, the last of all free elections that will rip apart the fabric of black matter, white matter, purple lives matter, the entire universe is going to collapse. We need to send that letter. You draft it. I'll, I'll read it no. over. Does it not fit? 
Could you it, not see that letter being sent? Of course. It is a very bizarre situation. So, um, so, he, so here we, here we are. Uh, and the, the real question then, I mean, there's a number of questions, but I think it's something yeah, I, I, was, I was waiting for you to get at what you really wanted to talk about here. Well, it's, it's but, not listen, we, we actually have had a number of conversations where we've sort of lamented at the state of uh, at least people we even know personally who take a very different stance than you remember them as, you know, where we've had conversations with people, uh, even acquaintances I have here, where it's, you've watched people change radically. I'm not saying that their views are necessarily radical, but they've radically changed their views um, to something that you don't really recognize. And I think that's also what we're seeing in the GOP. It's a GOP that we just don't necessarily recognize, or it maybe hasn't been as um, it hasn't been this way since maybe like Reagan. Maybe there's a, a more of a, a leadership, a Republican leadership from Reagan that Trump has over the current GOP. They're they're completely different characters, and they they all have their traits and qualities. However, there hasn't really been a president, or at least a Republican president, that has captivated the base the way President, former President Donald Trump has, and. Uh, that's I I see the comparison, but that's it's a it's a different deal. It is Trump's party. No, 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 and I can I completely agree. I I don't mean that as no, to be but, but it, I guess what I'm trying to look for is a historical context. Is like we we certainly have we have never seen this. Uh, or no, a, a leader that has this much sway over an entire party. I don't even think President. Obama had that type of sway over yeah, for the Democratic not. caucus. I don't know that he all. could get the Democratic nomination today. So, uh, so that's my point. There's, we have not seen this Democrat or Republican, at least in my lifetime, that I have good memories of. I don't think we've seen this in America, good so, or bad. So, that's an statement. But, but here we are. I thought there was a couple things that were interesting about the ouster of Liz Cheney, and I think it's important to just take a second to profile her okay i know it it is it appears as though representative cheney has become this sort of poster child for the more left-leaning mainstream media but i think it is just the attention she is getting is certainly not because of her politics she is very conservative in fact the the representative that's been picked to sort of replace cheney is has voted less along the Trump lines than Liz Cheney has. Um, it's just that she's willing to continue to push Donald Trump's relevance by continuing to promote the fact that the election has been stolen. And she might not have said the election has been stolen. However, that's the party messaging right now. It's and and so she has towed the line. Liz Cheney had did not. Liz Cheney said this is wrong we do not stand for this and she's her principality is what has got, brought her her sort of notoriety and moment in the spotlight and i and i think I'll, I'll, at least democrats certainly don't agree with her politics but certainly respect her principles and oh that's and, good here yeah so didn't work for McCain in 08 or Romney in 2012, but then again, I've said that a number of times. So, yeah, but, but again, it's good to hear there is a Republican that can garner but democratic listen, respect. 
But listen, I mean, also, she the only one in DC. I would say that Romney probably has far more respect among left-leaning uh, voters because of the principled approach he took with the impeachment proceedings. I just think it's fascinating to think. I'm not sure who I would be booed more by. I really don't. I, I uh, and I mean that. I don't know if I were to deliver, however impassioned, which I I think that I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, if I'm wrong, tell me seriously. I think that I'm in the vicinity of charismatic. I think I'm in the vicinity of oh I don't know, caring about this country and her people. But I really don't know who would cast me out quicker for being a centrist, especially a Republican. Not sure. Well, I mean, it's interesting because I think the party itself and the constituents that make up the party uh, are at a point where they, they certainly don't have as a constituent, you don't have to decide like what position to take. However, I mean, in what you're proposing and what you're saying is it could be that the, constitu the constituents turn amongst themselves if you're not willing to, to toe the party line. And or the, I, I, or the, I guess I find pause with this whole idea. And I've beat this drum, I think, what, three out of the last four weeks, and it keeps coming up by proxy some way or another. But once again, I come back to, it really doesn't matter. As a Republican, I see the rock of the hard place. I'm not saying what McCarthy did was right, okay, period. And I think it was very good tactical use of Senate Minority Leader McConnell to set this one out. It doesn't retain your caucus in the Senate, stay out of it, good call. But I'm not really sure, I don't, think I maybe I'd get some 14 year old Democrats who are like hey that's 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 a good Republican right there and we're uh four years old and we'll vote for him I that's where I find the media incredibly to borrow my father's word disingenuous duplicitous even because let's get real the only reason y'all are talking about Cheney is because she fits the narrative Let's let, let's 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 break this down to brass tacks. There's no admiration of her heroism. Like CNN, I'm gonna throw up. Y'all don't give a damn about her her character. CNN gives a damn about the fact that she's making the other GOP members members look bad. That's all this is about. Don't get it twisted, Nate. I love you. You know that. But don't be naive. So even even if character. I took even if I took that and I said, "Yep, you're absolutely right. It's just because it I'm makes the Republicans you. look bad." It, I guess, that's again. I don't actually. As I'll take one from your playbook. I can't actually verify that. So it that's either true. it either is that they really don't give a damn, or they actually are. Wow, it's there's this lone Republican who's willing to martyr herself um, for her principles. It's a good story. It's a Touché. good. It's a good story. So it could be either one of. It could be either one of those things. I cannot okay. verify. I do not know what lays upon their hearts, those producers. Um, but Touche, but what, what do you believe? You've asked me before, what do I believe? Well, what do you this, believe? This is a belief that I would rather not take a I'm stance on. I'm asking you. I, I would hope that it would be because it is 
a good story to promote to the American people that this is what a principled individual looks like and what they're willing to do to stand up for what they're You know what it looks like? Here's what they get to show. And this is not, it's, look, here's what it looks like. CNN, MSNBC, Reuters, hell, even Fox News by this point might even show it as, here's what a prominent Republican who we like to call great, here's what she looks like on her way out with her ass burning. That's what it looks like. They, they, they will not grant any sort. Notice that? There will not be any sort of decent coverage unless it's a Republican attacking another Republican. Notice that? They didn't talk about Romney. Are you kidding me? They mocked him for being you know, governor of Massachusetts and then, oh, because you, you brought the Olympics to Salt Lake, so you're going to run for senator and that. Oh, now he's this principled man, and if the GOP would... Seriously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurl. I'm gonna puke. So, how does that change what is actually going on in the GOP, or like what? Even if you believe that's not the issue you're really wanting to drive at, and you know that. We I, talked about this precast. No, What's the, we can talk about what, the, we can talk about the mainstream media, and we've talked about it in the past. And what I've that, said, and I'll stand by, is that that's, the that's main, not even the issue. The, the mainstream media is is not held solely accountable for the mixed narratives or the division in this country. I just don't They're buy it. They're not held accountable they, for they nothing. May, they may be part of the problem in some cases, but it certainly is not the sole Look, issue. The, the media needs to be held accountable by the people. It's called dollar voting. You don't like it, don't buy their publication. Yeah. Easy answer to me. That's not what you wanted to drive at precast, though, and that what you're getting at now. Well, tee up, tee up what I wanted to talk. I want you. I've there's ta- a, there's a broader issue here, though, as to the. I say, and you said, well, that's very cynical, and you're right. But I maintain that the why is the most irrelevant question that we have in our synapses. You said, what I'm getting at is the how. And with that, I can't, Stockton to Malone, give you a better alley-oop of a segue. Sure. Um, you wanted to make this point. No, I'm, I'm not going to because I don't fully, I don't fully um, remember. Remember, we talked, about, we, we talked about this precast. I know we talked about it a lot. We talked for we did. We full talked. exposure folks an hour and 20 minutes before we did this. But you, you said... Basically, which way now? Like, how do we get here? What spawned this? Mm-hmm. This sort of, you remember, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. What me? <laughs> yeah. I want. I, I want to hear you. I want to hear you tell me. You're my... supposed to slam dunk this in, but <laughs> no. I want. I want you to slam dunk it in. I'm not going to slam dunk the ball for you. Are you high? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. No, but no. You you raised the issue of. From from whence did this spring? Like, how did we get to this point? We're talking about the party, whether y'all like it or not, party of Lincoln, Eisenhower, Nixon, Reagan, versus the yeah, party of. And, and so, look, I think I think I think I remember, and I'll you, I'll, I'll right, say it here. Right. So, absolutely, we were talk we were talking about how how did we get here 
and and then you ultimately brought up why, right? And it ultimately, and I said, what is it? Like, why, why have we gotten to this point? And you had mentioned the word power. And what, that there are actually some people in this country for, for whatever reason, and I, should, I could probably name a few of them, truly believe that a dictatorship or an authoritarian leader, Trump, would be better than the alternative that is happening today or we are on course for today if we probably had a bit more of a progressive Senate. That they're, they're more willing to throw it all in for this individual rather than the ideal of or the, the theory of democracy. Um, and, and I guess that was probably what I, I posited to you was, is it power? Like, what is it that we're, we have clung to this individual to the point where it's almost, almost cold, like in a way, really, <laughs> uh, I, I suppose it is. I mean, it's huge, you know, I, nobody, nobody knows cult of personality better than me, that I can tell you, believe me. Um, look, it, it, it's extraordinary to me, to folks that have little to no real common ground with this specific individual that will turn on somebody that has actually, well, I don't know, served the country in some capacity before being president, that is. And I do appreciate the fact, I would like to bring this up in full disclosure, that first since JFK, he donated his salary. And that was a nice thing to do. Okay. But th this goes beyond party because I, I personally felt it. I get called a rhino. I didn't move. The party did. Okay. Um, I never in three forevers imagined that, I forget the things that got said, although that's, that's five years of gaslighting myself, so I don't know if I can, or maybe I will, maybe that's how that works. It's extraordinary to me though, that we're to this point where, oh, if you don't fit in this mold, well, you're a traitor. Well, you know, you're talking about me. And fellow service members go, oh, well, I'm not talking about you. Well. Yeah, you are, actually. And I'm thinking, I told you this precast. Because you and you and your wife and I talked about this, what, uh, what, two, two months ago? So it was around Christmas. And I still want to do it. Only I know how badly it's going to be taken. But deliver a speech from my platform, what I would say in some dreamland, addressing, you know, like, let's just, uh, I don't know. I'll puke this out, CPAC. They'd run me out on a rail, Nate. Now, I don't think I would be terribly welcome at a progressive caucus either, but this is, this is beyond that. This is personal. For reasons that I suppose we'll be studying for years, years to come. Yeah, well, 
I probably mentioned in precast too, like people will be doing PhD dissertations or something like that a hundred years from now on this time period, analyzing it. But can they, can they stop? Can they, can they stop 2024 if he wants it? Um, that's a good question. And this is what I miss talking to you about is what things like 2022 are shaping up to look like. I think it's the first place to stop. Um, I think we will ultimately find out how culture or how constituents actually feel in comparison to the way the GOP leadership is sort of aligning, at least in this last week where it's more official. Well, I'll be curious to see where the country has shifted after this presidential election. And I think it's hard to really tell. I mean, it's even hard to elucidate from polls like to be truly um, yeah. well, maybe the most scientific measure of a potential direction of an election. I'm still just not entirely convinced. It's, it's, it's called the election. So that's, that's the only scientifically verifiable way in case nobody in case somehow Nobody caught this in 2016. Whether the polls were biased or skewed one way or the other, they were wrong, bigly, to borrow the former president's word. And uh, last year, yeah, they were bigly wrong. Okay, Florida, do you realize in the sovereign state of Florida, 3.5% is a landslide? There's a problem there with the polling, when we're told Biden's going to win by eight, that's an 11.5% swing. There, there's a problem. Either your math is wrong, or you're like Adam Silver of, of uh, what is it, 538? Mm-hmm. You're, you're really uh, an educated show for the left. It's one of the two. It's one or the other. You're just that wrong and need to pick another occupation underwater basket weaving um i don't know lawn darts but the polls are like are you kidding me not you personally but so it's definitely in one hat or the other either you do play with matches in the house or you don't there's no c Mm. so What do you think? I mean, is it too early to make predictions about 2022? Is it, is there something we might be missing, sort of variable that we're not accounting for for 2022? One one big one is Senator Grassley. That's a huge one. If he's, I think he's 89. He's the oldest member, I think, Senate, at least of the GOP caucus. If he runs again, then that's, a really good hold for the GOP en route. If he doesn't, it's a little sticky. But frankly, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, has I mean, Herschel Walker did say he was running, right? Or did he not? Oh, I, possibly there was something, but I haven't. Uh, well, uh, the, I don't know the top the, of my head. But I mean, ultimately, is it? Is it still so narrow out there that you could see the house almost flip? I mean, that's, no, that's what predictions the house, are. The house, absolutely. I'm not saying it will. But it has a bigger potential. 
I think, I think so. Um, but I mean, you could see a, a seat in Georgia, and Georgia flipped. You could see, I mean, and again, Iowa could negate that. I mean, I just, I can't imagine, with all due respect to the man, I can't imagine being 89 or in my late 80s. Mm-hmm. Going, you know what? Another six years. Now, to his credit, Grassley seems, he seems pretty sharp. Like, whenever he's in committee, he's not Feinstein. Let's be real. With all due respect to Senator Feinstein, he's performed better. In terms of, I mean, you've seen the clip, right, where she repeated the same question in the same tone twice in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not knocking the lady. I have, I have respect for. Her. Look, you're just someone's a different orator, has a different, little sharper. No big deal. Got it. Ah, well, yeah, but, yeah, okay. No, I got. I so, <laughs> I I am interested to see. I think. Ultimately, we've had all these conversations of the last couple episodes about the direction of the GOP, this, and we're just like sort of the shape of the country in general. Um, I think this is at least sort of validates or solidifies the fact that Donald Trump is the leader of this party, as, as if we didn't know that in the first place. You said that. Um, and, you said that. No, I did. Yeah. At Not least, me. At least validates it for me. Is, um, and, but we land here, and we're back to thinking about what will actually happen in 2022. And I think it's it start it's interesting, and I'm I'm happy that we get to start talking about this stuff again, um, even though there is so much craziness going on in the world well, right now. Do you think? Because I mean, uh, what's it called? Predicted.org. I'm going to be on there again, and so the big big to do right now is, do you think? President Biden sticks to his word and doesn't run again. No, I think if if he, I don't think so. Unless there is a clear success, I don't think so. What he I, doesn't run? No, I think I think he will run. He will run um, unless there's a really clear successor. Um, it really, you know, we'll really see what the next four years does to to President Biden. And I I agree. I mean, it would be a little un. It'd be it'd be a little unusual for him to not run a second time. However, his presidency, like his presidency is a bit unusual given the time and the climate, et cetera. So, if he can write a really amazing legacy in four years, and there's a good successor, why would you not bow out? You've done everything, and you can end in the eyes of history with a great legacy of bringing the country out of the pandemic battling like you know whatever happens over the next several years if he can leave on a high note he might as well leave on a high note if you know he's he can actually successfully hand off the presidency um and that could very so, well could be the first that very well could be the first female president of the united states maybe uh vice president harris actually just continues the administration through the next four years i don't know if that's what she wants her legacy to be but you know there's a lot of potentials well, she's obviously going to run if he doesn't. I Absolutely. mean, that's her moment. Yeah. I granted, and this these are polling facts, folks. This is not me being a dick, or my French. I apologize. Um, she was polling, I think, fourth amongst both African Americans and Asian Americans, her two proclaimed demographics. So that's that's not 
indicative necessarily of a successful run. However, it's a long time between now and then. Mm -hmm. So let's say he doesn't run. She's obviously the preemptive front runner. If he runs again, obviously he gets the nom. If he doesn't, she's obviously the front runner. Is there anybody out there? Obviously, there's a number of names on the GOP side, but God only knows what's going to happen there. But, you know, there's Senator Harris, as, as I maintain, uh, we first really kind of got amped up into this race, was a rock star, and she's charismatic. Um, I, I'm not really sure there's too many names that could jump in, but I mean, is there anybody uh, on the DNC side? On the GOP side? On the DNC oh, side. On the DNC side. Like um, to say Kamala Harris. I mean, it not... could it could be it could be an Elizabeth Warren, and it's just not. It'll depend on how much the country shifts over the next year, at least the left, how much they shift and how much they get done and how much they are they can accomplish. It might not be quite an Elizabeth Warren time. Um, I I, so I do don't... you think Senator Sanders' moment has passed him by? Um, yeah, I think this is his legacy being played out by Joe Biden, but he doesn't have enough support for it. So he shifts the platform to the left. That's just, what he takes home. I mean, at the end of the day, if it actually does. No, I'm asking you. I yeah. mean, is that, if you're saying that Senator Sanders' moment passed him by, is his legacy he managed to get the, uh, the platform to go left? Yeah, I think, I think if, certainly if some of the left's "Quote unquote wish list stuff gets done, then yeah, I think history will treat him as the principled man that stood for all these things that helped get it to the help get it to the finish line, but not necessarily as a president. So, um, well, I will stress this before I ask you briefly. I I know pumpkins are coming. We gotta we gotta get off here before I ask you about the um the GOP side in twenty twenty four. I will stress this. In case we have new listeners at all, I have immense respect for Senator Sanders. And I've, I've said this ad nauseum, and I'm sure Republicans are like, to the stake. Yeah, okay, fine. I, I'm, I'm en route. I'll be there. Got it. But we don't have politicians that espouse the same talking points for 50 days. This man has espoused, whether you think it's BS or not, he has espoused the same platform for half a century, five decades, 50 years, probably, probably a little longer since he's like, what, 138 years old. I, and I, I, I'm kidding. I, I respect that. The fact that yesterday, tomorrow, the next day, he's the same dude. Yeah, I can true. deal with that. I can deal with that. Walk up and tell me, I, folks, so that I'm a democratic socialist. Yep, we got it. We know. But cool. I can deal with that. At least you know where he stands. Don't be a daggum snake, you know. So, briefly on the GOP side, Haley, Nikki Haley. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about running serious contenders here. Okay. Yeah, we're not talking about Jonathan Devenny. I'm not running. Even right, if I so, did. So Nikki Haley, uh, maybe Pompeo. Pompeo being um, 
Marco Rubio. Ball throwers. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, of course, he can't not. But he can't not so hear himself talk. As much as everyone hates Ted Cruz, is he best suited to be sort of a proxy for Trump, better than a Rubio, better than a Pompeo? Because mm. he gets that deep, ultra conservative like vote. The other guys just Pompeo. Yeah, he's like Scott kind of, Walker. No, I think Scott Walker's time's passed. Tim Scott. Tim Scott could, but I don't think. I don't. I. I don't think so. I just don't. I, I don't know my reasons behind that. Mike but, Pence. Nah. No. Just remember that they wanted to try to hang him. <laughs> Not too long ago, so he's 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 political toast in the GOP right now. Lindsey Graham, no, no, he's not. He he will get eviscerated on his stance. He flip flops so much. He's just better as a fixer and a minder in the GOP. Drum roll, please, and I teed this up. Okay, you can thank me later, sir, Senator. R dash U T Romney comma met. Well, I think he Your takes Dave. I think that Mitt Romney could garner a lot of independent and the old mansion style Democrats of the party, the the conservative Democrats. Um and but then also gets a huge could he get a huge vote for that middle of the road average conservative American that's identifies with someone who's willing to stand up and they like that. Um, maybe they're just not quite fully on board with the Kevin McCarthy's of the party. Right. So Romney could, I it, would it stand in the Devin GOP? Nunes. The, the GOP, the GOP would never back a Romney candidate, but I, I suppose if it, meant that they had a better chance of maintaining power, they might flip-flop to it. You know, they've, they've Nate, shown that they've you, been... You know I love you. You are never backing a Mitt Romney candidate. Let's be real. Yeah, but if, You're it, not was, doing that. if it was between Mitt Romney and a Donald Trump, you best be knowing I'm... That wasn't the question. Mitt no. Romney versus any Democrat, you ain't backing him. No, probably not. It, it, well, well, that doesn't change anything. Case. I rest my case then. If you won't get behind a Mitt Romney, why should the GOP, and I say this theoretically, why should the GOP moderate? I think, but my politics are a lot further left than Mitt. So I don't, I wouldn't personally vote for him, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that would. If the candidate's Bernie Sanders, Mitt Romney is way closer to Joe Biden. Maybe not right now. So I forgot about that name. You brought that up about 45 seconds ago. Totally forgot about this. And you would think since I'm close enough to almost kick a soccer ball and hit his neighborhood, Senator Joe Manchin. Nah. Jensen, if yeah. Now, I'm going to call this right now. If Biden runs, Manchin will not get in. I'm going to call the Biden Walt. Okay. Think, no. For whatever reason. If Biden, but if he does run, Manchin won't get in. If Biden does not, I believe Senator Manchin will get in and try and appeal for that. Hey, I know I'm a Democrat, but I'm a centrist and I'm from West Virginia. 
does he does he have a shot? No. The DNC nomination. No, absolutely not. Who's gonna beat him? Harris, Vice President Harris. Is gonna beat She's she's not exactly she's not exactly progressive. Well no, but and she's mean, more likable. Like like no BS. Yeah. You believe in a primary. Like not one, all of them. Okay. She I'm not saying you're wrong. We'll will beat Joe Manchin. Yeah. Okay. I mean obviously it's yeah. a long time between now it, it and twenty is. right now. Ooh. Right now, yes. She We're two absolutely... years out from if, where the nominations get serious. If, if that ha- if it was happening right now, absolutely not. He's like one of the most unlikable people on the left. He's just not mm. a likable person. She is far better at being likable than Joe Manchin. I'm sorry, that's nothing against Joe Manchin, his politics. He, she's just more likable. Nate, you, you, you're spectacular, but let's be honest. Y'all hate the man's guts. No, don't, I just, I don't, 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 I'm no, not, no, Nate. No, I'm no, not. Just because Nate. I brought that up doesn't mean that I hate the guy's guts. I'm just saying. Okay, I'm saying as, as a caucus, y'all can't stand the dude because let's be real. We we just split all kinds of states into multiple. There'd be 80 Democratic senators and 22 justices on the Supreme Court. Joe Manchin has gone, mm, you know, it's going to suck when we lose power. God, that's such a conservative thing to do. You always go, I was talking about this in precast, to go immediately to the most drastic, if there was no Joe Manchin, we'd have 22 court justices. 1,000 senators in 10 new states. And, I, we'd have, I guess I would and no one would have which, to work. And it'd just hey, be a shit show. That's like, cool. I guess, I mean, I know, I know you love to label a pro-environment Republican a conservative, which I, will astound me until our dying day. You and I will be like rotting in our graves, 90 plus, arguing about this. But... You you do see the significance though, right? Do you realize how much more would have occurred without Mansion? Um, it's not really hyperbolic, like for me to say that without because, I mean, without him as what would be the alternative? Well, I mean, for one thing, a, a district that was never intended to have nine plus million people in it. You and I both lived and served oh, yeah. there. So, so Mansion's holding up DC statehood. Well, a lot of people are holding up D.C. statehood, but as a Democrat. so. It was not intended to be a state. Oh. We knew this. It sucks that all those You people, know that, Nate. sucks that all those people can't have representation like the way we do. <laughs> just doesn't seem like a good American. I got an idea. Get real jobs. That's, that's, that's my idea. Well, I mean, okay. they do. They don't have as much representation as I do. American well, citizens. You, you do thing. see the point, though, right? No, these really. was never intended to be a state. Okay, it well, was intended to be that's... home to the executive <laughs> branch, yeah. the State Department, and the military. Yeah, well, that's no, it. But like now, we've got a ton more people because we've got the every. We were so successful as a country that we started making lots of babies because we could keep them longer. We had healthy families, and all of a sudden, there was a lot of people that lived around. The, what was once never t- intended to be a state. And now it makes sense to give those people more representation. And so we should have a state. They should, they should be able to be incorporated just like me and have the same representation and the same voting power. 
that seems kind of crazy that millions of people yep. can't yeah, have that, that. That's cool. And along the same lines, when Puerto Rico becomes a state, this is not an estimation. This is a Reuters AP fact wire. Um, they will go from 45% of the working population being on social subsistence to 70%. So it's a financial black hole. But let's go ahead because you know what? I get it. I get it. I've done the math. That's four more Democratic senators. Da, 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 da. Yeah, but to so, your but to your so, argument, to your argument, you've always said that that Puerto Rico could actually be a wild card, given its deep Catholic roots. And uh, I, I, I'm going along with the party line here. Okay. Is the idea? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. No, I, I the the purple the the Catholic vote is very purple. What I'm getting at here is the turnabout. I know you desperately, you so desperately want me to just be this arch conservative. And maybe one day I will be when I'm a big boy and I have a growth spurt. But for now, my point here is, okay, let's do that. So the next time it comes around, okay, so let's split off Northern California because I promise you, I married into that state, that portion of that state. They don't want to be there no more. Let's take Southern Washington, or is it Southern Oregon, and the portion of Idaho, they want to form their own state. So let's add two Republican states. And then so every time power jockeys back and forth, let's expand the court. And like Alan Dershowitz, your homeboy, your homeboy, Professor Emeritus at Harvard said, lifelong Democrat who defended Daniel Ellsberg and campaigned against Trump twice, by the way, said, we have now weaponized impeachment. So whoever's got the dictatorship of the 51%, we're going to punish the other. And the beat goes on. I'm not saying that. I know you desperately want to make this a conservative talking point. I'm making this more of a which way now, St. Peter, talking point. So I get in power. So Jack Devaney is going to punish Nate Welline for having been in power. Oh, now it's my turn, homeboy. You ain't gonna like this. That's that's where we're at now, right? Well, I hope not. I, <laughs> but you I don't see it that way. I mean, I I just don't see D.C. statehood as like a power grab as much as I you see. You don't it see as, the Supreme Court that way. Well, I, well, I'm talking about D.C. statehood. The Supreme Court, I think, makes sense to have as many justices in. Well, who do you think can who confirms those justices senators mm -hmm. and let me give you a, a wild guess here you already know this first two guesses don't count i'll give you three which party do you think dc senators are going to belong to well i don't i don't know not going to be republicans yeah i was gonna say I, I don't know their I, I don't know what's laid upon their hearts i can't verify that one way or another but you, all right, all right. Look, you got you got two in one episode. That was good. That that I would say that was ugly. Except no, you. So, all right, all right. You you won you won this one, Nate. <laughs> no, you did. You 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 won it fair and square. You all got right. me with my own words. All right, listen. It is eleven o'clock at night. My, <gasps> my battery is about to die. Uh, and, and that was a good way to end it. I, I certainly. Uh, I love I, you, man. I was man. waiting to use that again. So I, I love you too. And I, I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the uh, 
the dialogue. Um, and there's a lot of hours of talking that goes behind these episodes. Yeah, no, no, that, that was, that was good. We need to find it. What two points those, those, um, All right. those blows were. Cause that was good. Okay. So Nate two, John zero, but there's more podcasts coming up. We're keeping score. I'll mention it at the beginning of the next episode that we do that uh, remind yeah, everyone me. of the score. So our, as always, man, it's an honor and a privilege to do this with you week in and week out. Um, to all of our listeners out there, we certainly thank you for tuning in and for your continued support. So, uh, until next time.